0: Hi, this is Dory, and welcome to this week's episode of Slice. We're continuing on with the forgiveness series with Natalie Kustrick. Hi Natalie. Hi Dory. So in the last episode we said that the next episode would be about the steps to forgiveness but when we spoke about it we realized that before you have the steps to forgiveness you have to have the readiness to forgive and you need to have clarity. What we're going to talk about today are the questions that we need to ask ourselves to determine our readiness and our clarity to forgive. So the first question is, what is the cost of not forgiving? Not forgiving is really expensive in the energy, psychology of what it holds.
1: Let me give you a couple of things that you might not actually have considered as to what the cost might be from a mental health perspective. Addiction could be one of the costs to not forgiving. Bad relationships.
0: The risk of repeating the dynamics that have hurt you in the past.
1: Over and over again, being a hamster in the cage. And ultimately, the cost on your health. When you're holding on to negative emotions like anger, fear, jealousy, rage, there's an impact on your physical health and your long-term well-being these are all things that you have to consider when you are preparing to forgive Mm
0: -hmm.
1: yeah it's real
0: yeah and the last thing I would say to that is also just staying stuck you know and you might notice that your life isn't moving in the direction that you want or the relationships that you have are not moving in the direction that you want
1: right this might be a great opportunity by asking this question is to examine your life and see where are you stuck Where has your life become stagnant? Is it your career? Is it your relationships? Is it your view on the world and what you allow yourself to have or not have?
0: Right. And what that might look like is people treat me bad all the time. It doesn't matter what I do. I'll never find the love I want. It doesn't matter how hard I try. I'll never be good enough. It's belief systems like that that fall into a category where there is forgiveness needed and it's those kind of belief systems that create the addiction, the repetitive patterning in relationships, a codependency, health problems. Here's another
1: question to ask. Is the desire for something different, bigger, bigger? Than my desire to hold on to resentment.
0: You're not gonna forgive unless that happens because it's gonna feel like there's no reason to. You're doing just fine. Getting by, things are good enough. So what? Me and my wife fight all the time, or so what? It's like, I can handle it. I only see my parents once a year, so I just suck it up through the whole time and drink the whole trip, or just keep eating, or in
1: avoiding and just,
0: you know, making it through.
1: The other piece of this issue is, what am I worth? Because that's what this is, right? If you don't have the desire for change, you're in avoidance of, of experiencing discomfort in your life. That means that you think that where you are is just A-OK and unnecessary to change, regardless of the alarms potentially going off in your life. The next question
0: to ask is, how is not forgiving, helping you? Like, what are the benefits of it? And whenever I propose this question, people are like, what are you talking about? There's no benefits to it. There's no benefit to it. And what I want to say is that it's just not true because there's always the polar side to everything that we do. So we have a benefit to forgive, and we have a benefit not to forgive in everything that we do, okay? So it's really important to ask yourself, what that is. And it's a much harder question. And one of the biggest things that we see in our practice is how they like to connect through negative connections. Like it's much easier to get someone to join you about how horrible your workday was and how mean your boss is and how shitty it is to work those hours and the BS that you have to put up with because everybody seems to be able to join in with you there. But if you walk up to somebody and you go, oh, my God, my life is amazing. I had the best day. I work with the coolest people. People are like, oh, well, good for you. That's nice to hear. (laughs) So it's not really – people don't really like to join you. That is sadly very true. sadly very true. People don't really want to join you in your success a lot of times. I mean, hopefully you all have people that do, but in general, people don't. So one of the – when I say negative connections is that – Know it's a way that we create a sense of connection, a sense of having this community and being able to connect with people and always having people that could join in with you there by not forgiving. I get to have this community, I always have people to talk to. You know, I have those six people I could always call or talk to or text, and they're always going to join me on this situation. So, you have to be willing to let go of that and take the chance that if you come back the next day and go. They go, oh, my God, how's work? My boss sucks. Oh, this and that. And you go, God, it was a great day, actually, and I had a really great time. That What's going to happen in that connection? So there's a risk there, and it's important to understand what the risk is on the other side so you know what you're up against.
1: Right, and I think one of the pieces that's hard on that is that people really do like the attention from yeah. the pain that they're experiencing. Love it. It feels good. But as you're talking about, are these really the friendships that you want in your life? And if this is where your attention is focused, you have to ask yourself, what are you avoiding? What are you avoiding within yourself that could potentially help you to grow and to evolve as a human being? Because wouldn't it be nice to have someone who says, you know what, that actually doesn't sound that bad, what happened at work today. It sounds like you really kind of got an idea as to what the boundaries are for your boss. And so now you have some information so that you could actually do better. And maybe you'll get that promotion because you now have this information. When you, someone speaks to you in this way, you now have an opportunity to take that information in, digest it, and to start behaving and speaking and connecting in a very different way that could lead to some really positive consequences for you at work I just want to
0: add one more thing to this is that when you join through negativity it does not elevate you it doesn't elevate you it doesn't elevate the situation it doesn't elevate your friends that you're in connection with or your family that you're in connection with however when you take that other stance of like wow you know yeah that doesn't sound like such a bad day you know yeah it was really stressful I wonder what you can do to overcome it or how can I be here for you as a friend and I'm really trying to be more positive in my life so I want to talk about what we can do to change it and how I can make it better than to just talk about how bad it is. What happens there is that you elevate the situation. You create an incredible discomfort but it also gives opportunity in the moment for both people or all people involved and because all of you are buying into, this is how we're gonna connect. So at that moment, you really can be the catalyst of growth.
1: The next question is, can you look at the big picture? Are you able to pan out from the current situation that you're in and look at the bird's eye view of what is actually taking place so that you can take in all of the possibilities? This is often very challenging for people to do. And the reason that it's so challenging is that the focus really becomes the problem, the pain, which really is a small picture view. It's you are trapped, the emotional pain of the experience that you've just had, which blocks your ability to see the wider view, the lessons that are potentially in there for you, and the possibilities for change and for growth that exist within the pain right
0: so the bird's eye view creates all the possibilities and the small focus view is where you feel trapped i'm thinking it would be helpful to give like an example of what that means by looking at these two different perspectives do you have an example
1: actually i do a few months ago i received a text message from a friend not me (laughs) different friend who was really upset with me and in her message she told me that I was an awful friend. I had not been supportive of her as she was building her new business and that she had been repeatedly really truly felt let down by me in our friendship and felt like that we had really grown apart. I knew that at this time was a really stressful time for her in her life. She was really going through a lot in regards to her business and in her own personal development. And it was important for her to step into this place and to bring this to my attention. It was really important for her to do this, and I got that. I was really, really hurt. I was was pretty destroyed uh, when I received this message. Well, you also
0: didn't understand what she was talking about because you're such a good friend. It seemed really out of left field because nothing had led
1: up to it. It was, but she had been through so much, really a lot, in a really short period of time. And there was generally part of that time that I wasn't available because I was in my own I was in my own emotional upset at the time and going through my own personal evolution. And there's times where I when I'm in the in my own process, it's really hard for me to be present for a friend. So she really had some legitimate things that she was saying. It was just not done in a way that was going to help resolve the problem. It was really just cutting off the relationship, which ended up being okay, because I, I simply took a step back, told her I loved her, and that I respected her choice of not being friends at this time. In my heart, I, I knew that we would be friends again. I, I felt it. Right. And I held it, that space.
0: Yeah, and that would be looking at the big picture. So the small picture, the micro moment was the action of what her friend did. And if she would have just got into that moment, it would have, it could have looked more like, okay, whatever, like what's wrong with you? Like you're, you know, great. We don't have to be friends. Like you could just fight about that because she, it's like her word against her word about whether or not she's a good friend. But she was able to say, wait a second, we've been good friends. Something's going on here. I'm gonna. Look at the big picture. I'm going all the way up and get a bird's-eye view on this. And the bird's-eye view is, yes, as a totality, we have a great friendship. However, something's going on with her right now. I'm not going to get into it, and I'm going to allow her her space and just trust that whatever's going to have to happen from this is going to happen. And that allowed her to just say, okay, I'm sorry to hear that. I'm I'm hurt. I feel sad to lose you as a friend. You know, but okay. And without getting defensive, without it becoming a big thing. And that serves the higher purpose and that creates the opportunity for growth and elevation. And then what ended up happening, what about
1: Well, we're great friends again.
0: Was it like a few months later? (laughs) It was it was
1: probably like four months later, three or four months later. I was away and I got a text message from her saying, I can't believe we're not friends. And I wrote back, I'm out of the country at the moment. Um, I think we've had a miscommunication. And let's schedule some time to see each other and really talk about what happened between us. Fast forward, I returned back to the U.S. and she and I meet. And we just love each other is all I can say. We love each other. So we hugged. We were happy to see each other. And we had a real conversation about where she was at that time, where I was at that time, and the real things going on in our life that we had not actually communicated about that was leading both of us to behave in the ways that we did that led to the friendship temporarily being broken apart. So we actually have a deeper understanding of each other now. We have a closer friendship. And the chance of this happening again like this is probably zero.
0: That leads us to the last question we'd like you to ask yourself. And that is, what do you ultimately want? When you answer that question, you're going to go back and ask yourself the last question. You know, can you look at the big picture? How does it help you to not forgive? What are the consequences of not forgiving? All these questions that we've gone over are going to help you and this one big question is, what do you
1: ultimately want? Forgiveness is a choice. And believe it or not, within the act of forgiveness, there's a bigger goal. There is something much greater that you are working towards by choosing to forgive. So this is a really, really important question. When you're looking at your motivation, what, what's my motivation to forgive? Your motivation is going to be whatever this goal is that you have set for yourself. It's your guiding force so that you can do the difficult act of forgiving a person.
0: Yeah, and there's one more thing I want to add to what we're talking about with forgiveness that kind of adds on to Natalie's story about her friend is to remember that most conflicts that happen have to do with a lack of communication and a misunderstanding and a story that you're telling yourself about an interaction or a dynamic or an experience. We hope that you're enjoying this mini-series on forgiveness and that you're getting a better understanding and idea about what forgiveness is and why it's so hard to do and
1: that it's not just as simple as saying, I'm sorry. Stay tuned for the final episode on our mini-series on forgiveness where you will learn the steps. To forgiveness. And also, please don't forget to share, like, and subscribe to Slice. Ciao for now. Ciao for now.